Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Kicking Butt Podcast. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Shunya. Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? Very well. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for, for coming on to our delightful little no, podcast. No, thank you for having me. It's, uh, I love what you're doing here. It's great. Oh, awesome. that's no, it's nice, great. Mate. It's much needed. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I just, it, I love listening to all the, the music that's going on in Manchester. Mm. And I love listening to the sound of my own voice. Me so too, I'm yeah. I'm going to be replaying this over and over and over again while I'm in the bath going, oh, I'm <laughs> wonderful. How wonderful am I? I'm going to listen to it again. <laughs> Have it on like whilst you're going to sleep. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. ASMR, Alan. To yeah. Alan. Alan, Alan SMR. There's, there's, yeah. there's something in there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Meta, meta ASMR. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, Alan slash Shunya, mm-hmm. for the people at home that might not know who you are, tell us a little about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am a musician, um, music producer, and um, I love making a racket. Would you want me to go? Back to the womb times, or just just I mean, a general we, over, just overview. Just a general overview, man. You yeah, know. I, I, yeah. Um, I make music for a living, very thankfully, and very lucky to do so. I wake up and I produce music in a studio um, for myself or for other people, and then at night I gig, hopefully, and then during <laughs> the summer, usually touring my tits off and not not having a lot of sleep and getting on planes and going all over the shop. So you're living um, the music dream in a way. Yeah, the very hazy, sometimes hungover one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both, both in sleep and actually other bits. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, it's it's. I'm very I'm very lucky. I I do wake up every day and I'm like, ah oh, yes, just go to the studio. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm 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 loving it at the moment. Nice. Especially I have um. Uh, I'm in a new space. It's the first time I've actually I'm in a external space, studio space in Longsight. Oh right, where where what's Longs- the studio? Longsight Business Park. So do you know Mark Lewis? I do know Mark Lewis. Yeah. Yes. So he it's his studio. Oh cool. And so I'm going in on the I'm involved in the his space now, and I'm kind of right. basically because he's not in it a whole lot because he has another studio now in Yellow Arch Studios in Sheffield, which okay. is another really great space. It's a bit like here, but it's got yeah, it's got loads going on. Loads of um, art, art spaces and, and music and all that. Um, so he's there all the time. So I kind of said, look, let, let me in on it and I can, um, I'll just, I'll be using it all the time. And, cool, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, yourself, studios need maintaining, we leads need fixing and, yeah. you know, there's lots that can just need tick, the piano needs tuning or whatever. So um, having that separation has been like just, uh, just amazing because I've been kind of producing in my bedroom for like, I suppose I've been producing since about half my life because I'm 30 now. I first got Pro Tools when I was 15. Okay. So it's that time. So it's just like, wow, this is, I've been doing this for half my life. It was that kind of when I hit, hit when I hit 30. Yeah, I hit 30 a few <laughs> months ago. Boy, how did I hit it? Um, yeah, I was like, it's time for a change. Sure. And it's been just night and day in terms of the productivity and also just the mental health and my approach to mm. having s- separation and when i'm there i'm there and then when i'm at home, You're at home. i'm chilling yeah mm-hmm. yeah do you, um, do you think it's like uh has it improved the process absolutely yeah just night and day like really? i said yeah okay um it, it, it's as well it's it's good because i still have 
I'll, I'll, I'll like, you know, practice and, you know, dick about. Can I curse? What, you can fucking curse as yeah, much as you want. Fuck, are. yeah. There's a, <laughs> I like to dick about, you know, I'll have like synths or, you know, modular synth, at, you know, at home and, yeah. you know, dick about with, with toys, essentially. But then when I'm going to Mark's place, there's a very, very clear um, uh, intention. Of, okay. I'm, I'm going to Mark and I'm going to mix just this track and I'm going to finish it. And there's no, there's no bits, there's no toys, there's no instruments. It's just me, like you said, you know yourself, editing. Yeah, And yeah. just getting things done. Because I think before, the process was a bit too convoluted in that I was surrounded by too much mess and there's instruments everywhere and, and, I'd, and, I'd, be, and I'd be in mix mode. And I'd be like, oh, maybe it just needs a little bit more of a synth, yeah, you know, and yeah. then you're not, you never get anything done because you're just flipping from mode to mode. Sure. But obviously, when you're, it's a self-contained thing because it's me doing everything I had to be quite strict and how do I compartmentalize all the different processes of actually writing and finishing a track mm. you know are we doing sound design are we doing the arrangement are we doing the lyrics are, are we mixing now mixing should be always at the very end yeah but I was always just kind of going oh I'll just tweak that kick drum while writing the lyrics okay and I was like Bruh. so now it's it's just lovely going to Marks and going yeah I'm just going to go and going going for four hours and I'll just mix this track and I'll and boy how boy howdy it, it's working because do you know what I mean because there's no there's no um distraction sure it's yeah, distractions yeah. basically that's what it is and okay, also yeah. being at home you are distracted by it, it's not much but the cat the cat will be meowing and clawing the door <laughs> I love Oshin but he can be a bastard sometimes so yeah having that <laughs> yeah don't even own a dog I own a cat and I'm complaining about him. Is it a dick cat? Like, he's a no. He's a lovely cat, okay. but he gets very needy and he needs cuddles. Uh, and, you know, okay. He needs a lot of attention. Okay, that's but fair in enough. a good way. See, yeah. I, I was never really a cat person, but I'm soon to be moving in a house with a cat. Mm. So I've had to acclimatize myself to the cat nature. Yeah, yeah. And this one's called Lucy, and she's just a bit like she's a mixed bag, really. She's lovely, but then you know the agency occasional yeah. swipe at you yeah, the and bap. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love a cat bap. Yeah, yeah. Always on their terms with cats. Yeah, it's a lesson in consent. As yeah. my partner says, yeah, you can't pick them up whenever you want. They need to come to you. Yeah. So you know they're not as malleable as, as you'd like them to be. You know? Yeah. So you say you first got Pro Tools when you were fifteen. Was that when you started this kind of journey? Like, did you come from a musical background? Mm. Yeah. So. um my dad, cause my dad's a music producer as well, oh, and cool. uh, he has a, We have a studio in the back, uh, like a purpose-built one. Uh, it wasn't the utility for ages, like you know, um, like storing like you know buckets and mops, and then there was a mixing desk, and he just had bits of equipment that he kind of uh, accumulated. And then uh, he, we eventually, um, I say we, I didn't, I didn't pay for any of this shit. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, he built a studio that again was separate from the house. Again, separation yeah. away from, from the... my mom, who's you know clawing her hair out from the amount of noise and stuff. Because it was a busy house as well. There's five of us, seven in total. Whoa. So lots of activity, lots of music. Um, he got me Pro Tools when I was 15 because I I was definitely interested in it. Um, I was definitely interested in the more the techie side. Okay. Um, but when I got it, I just fell in love with it. I was just absolutely obsessed, glued to it. Mm. You know, I was doing everything, trying everything and everything. So I think, it, even though I wasn't writing electronic music per se when I was fifteen, I was still using the software as a 
an electronic interface, i.e., you know, budding the violin or budding my bass through it and reversing it. And I was still really interested. I think I was subconsciously always really interested in mangling sound sure. and what it does, what what you can do to sound in a post processing environment. I was just that I, that always just gave me goosebumps. So I think it was just it was always gonna it was inevitable that I was gonna get into electronic music because it's it's a whole world that is you know your software is your instrument you know. Um, but before that, I played. Uh, well, I still play, obviously, but I, I started violin at six. Okay. Right. And then um, and then I started playing cello at ten, and then at fourteen, thirteen, thirteen really, um, I started playing double bass. And then electric bass, and then I kind of kept them all up basically. Right. Uh, much to the yeah gratitude to my parents because they were like, "Don't give it up. You you know you know we've spent all this money in music lessons. Right. Yeah. Because when yeah. I discovered bass, it was like, "I'm going to play in rock band. Going to get loads of chicks. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I was growing my hair. I was listening to Nirvana. It was that stage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've so all been there. Mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah. It was a very uh emotional you know oh woe was me time no one gets me <laughs> but um i was still yeah i was playing in rock bands and metal bands and stuff and then i was still going to orchestras and playing in quartets okay. playing violin and, and cello mainly cello um but just still kept them up and then did all my grades and stuff and then it it really paid off and i just again i just really i still to this day really thank my parents for encouraging mm. me to keep up the stringed the F hole yeah. side of the family, um, because that's what I do now as a side gig, especially over lockdown. I've I just did loads of string arranging, string orchestrating oh, for okay. other people's projects and yeah, albums, yeah. and people came to me and said, "Can you put? I want strings on that." Blah blah blah. So I'd layer up violins, violas, violas, cellos, sometimes double bass to create uh, an ensemble. Mm. Um, did some stuff for John Ellis and oh nice. And then so yeah, again that's just a thing I can do on my own in my bedroom and. It was an extra few bob, and I really enjoy it as well. I could really get a big creative buzz out of it. And a lot of that heavy string arranging has kind of made its way into my music now. Yeah. Just kind of like owning my past and kind of not not trying to divert myself from, you know, just this heavily classical influence that I kind of just did, but I didn't really get, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought. Do you know what I mean? Because okay. I was like, yeah, violin's stupid, whatever. Yeah, or oh, Brahms, ugh, I want to play Metallica. And then it was now, like, you know, a lot older, I was like, oh, that this music is sick. Yeah, you know? And yeah. I'm going back and listening to a lot of classical and playing a lot more classical. Okay, Re, It's rekindled it. And right. It's great. It's just a kind of a, a full circle moment where a lot of these child, um, yeah, childhood stuff are just kind of, I don't know, colliding. With with the sound that yeah. I'm doing now, basically. Interesting. You know. So in terms of like, so your dad was a producer. Is that right? A, a producer. He's a, a music producer and a, a guitar player. Cool. He plays guitar for Van Morrison at the moment. No way. Yeah, yeah. Holy fuck. So yeah. So who, who else has he worked with? Um, his <laughs> most notable gig, the gig that kind of, um, as my mum says, bought bought us the house. Right. 
was uh, he was the MD and guitarist for Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance, doing all the <laughs> amazing, doing all the the you know the, the high grade Irish dancing gigs. Yeah, they were yeah. huge, man. They were doing Red Rocks and like oh, stadium God. stadium touring. Yeah, yeah. So for a lot of my childhood, I didn't really see him because he was, you know, you're talking like six month tours. Sure, like uh, gone. Mm. You know, you'd be in Japan for two weeks, and then you're in South Africa for two weeks, and then you're in you know you're in Brazil and. North America, like just big, big gigs, because um, that stuff is huge. I didn't, I didn't realize how big no, the I'm, Irish I'm, dancing. Yeah, that's funny. Isn't but it? he's American. That explains it. Uh, it's business. Nice, nice. He's a good businessman, Michael Flatley. So in terms of like the music that was like playing in the house, then mm. were did your parents just sort of like were they showing you things, or were you just kind of? Picking up your own things yeah, as you went along. No, they weren't showing me like, oh, listen to this. I mean, there was a lot of Police. There's a lot of Beatles. Mm. There's a lot of Steely Dan. And then, yeah, there was kind of a lot of Irish stuff naturally. Mm. I mean, Irish music was just always around the house just because um, my dad was, again, would have been involved in a lot, playing with a lot of Irish musicians that are sure. still working today, you know, really, really um, world-class players. Um, and also Ray Fien. Ray Fien is a, a phenomenal I suppose like Irish Celtic drummer, if you will. Ray Fiend. Ray Fiend, How do you yeah. spell that? Um, I think the kind of fame is he was actually, he was potentially going to join Def Leppard as well because he was like this really kind of, you know, very characterful uh, kind of rock, you know, classic rock drummer. Yeah. But he did a lot of the, kind of did a lot of the river dance stuff and okay. he plays bar on and drums at the same time. And What's bar on? Bar on is this, the Celtic, uh, it's like an Irish frame drum that you hit with a beater and it sounds like... Is it a circular one? Yeah, yeah. It's another iteration of a frame drum, but instead of playing with your hands like you do like with the Persian frame drums, you play it with the stick, like a soft beater. It's really beautiful. So he was always in in and out of the house and he mm. was a big influence, like, you know, in terms of like, you know, getting me G'd up about like certain things about, I think just, just the lifestyle of being a musician and mm. it's not all that bad. You can do this and you can do this. Yeah, I think yeah. he was quite influential as well in getting me to keep up um, strings and such. So, um, yeah, just music was around the house a lot. I mean, the only thing that I think that was a big, huge moment when I was getting into bass was my dad showing me uh, weather report uh, showing me Jack showed, showed me Teen Town, yeah, and that yeah. was a quite like a. I still remember to the day. I know exactly where I was sitting in the kitchen and my emotions when I when he showed me Jack. I was like, it sounds like a, a synthesizer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the, uh, just the power and the consistency of his playing. It was like I. It blew. Yeah, again, another kind of thing that blew me away. But that that was probably the most significant thing that he like showed me. It was like you got to check this guy out. Whatever. Okay. And then from then it was like, I think that spurred the jazz the improvisational thing with the bass. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming from that. So, you know, the 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 thing that we call Shunya, mm. when did that sort of seed begin to grow? Like, where did that come mm. from? Yeah, it came from... Um, it came from when I first moved to Manchester... Um, what is it? Twelve years now, maybe eleven at a push. Um, I went, I, I went clubbing, went to the raves, and okay. started listening to a lot of jungle and drum and bass, and then got kind of heavier into like more electronic stuff, Aphex Twin and 
um, Boards of Canada and like that kind of Warp Records stuff, Flying Lotus and it, I just wanted it all. I just ate up as much electronic stuff as I as I could because in in Ireland um, at the time there wasn't really electronic an underground electronic music scene. There is now, right? But like trying to go to a jungle light in Limerick. <laughs> you know, when I was going up, like, forget about it. It just wasn't a thing. Right. So when I first went out clubbing in Manchester and first heard Jungle playing through a sound system, and again, I still remember it, like, you know, as bright as day, <clears throat> it was just mind-blown, um, especially with the sound system culture as well and mm. the power of the bass. Um, and then I just started dicking about making tunes on my laptop and trying to emulate that, like, doing really awful jungle stuff like that's <laughs> unacceptably bad um they will never see the light of day but um it was a kind of um a curiosity into self-contained electronic music production sure and then bit by bit i was like well i'll just sing over the top of it and then oh i'll just play the violin over it and i'll just play bass you know and then it was kind of a mixture of how could i yeah, flesh out something that was made in a laptop. Yes. And then somehow soup together all of these different elements into one thing. Mm. And it turns out to be very messy and it goes all over the place. And people are like, I don't really know what it is, what genre is it? <laughs> I think now it's kind of starting to go a bit almost more Irish trad in some respects because there's, oh, okay. there's still some influence of Irish in there. Mm. That's And that's kind of coming out a bit more, I think. But I don't know, man. It's just a big soup of soup. classical, my classical background, clubbing in Manchester. You know, being a, a electronic bedroom producer, how to improvise in a jazz capacity because that's mm. what I did in Salford. I played lots of jazz, um, and then I'll play with a band. I play with Liveu, uh, who's on keys, and he's an amazing improviser, but also has this kind of, I suppose, yeah, um, background and bass music I guess right. you know like from yeah. from clubbing and whatnot, um, and just playing with like MCs and, and grime and all that kind of stuff and kind of doing kind of subby you know because it's like how, how can a group of musicians emulate that kind of um, bedroom producer sure yeah, do you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah and yeah. you see a lot of that nowadays it's very trendy for like drummers to play more like a drum machine yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean I yeah. think that's that's kind of like the new jazz sound in some ways here in London, you know, mm. it's kind of coming back, I think, in that way. So, um, yeah, it's a big mess. It's quite frankly, <laughs> it's a it's hot a, mess. It is a hot mess, but I really enjoy it. I mean, the, the thing is, it's just when I, especially when I play solo, um, some of it's improvised and some of it is chaotic and the, the Ableton craps up and things go wrong. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, ah, but people seem to enjoy that more than something that's really polished and slick. And yeah, because it's almost like when it's too polished and slick, it's kind of like, well, he's just pressing play. You don't really know what's going on. Sure. But if, if I'm really working with the, the what's going on with the sound, really getting involved in the sound. And if it's, if it's just on the edge of falling apart, I, yeah, that's that's where I want to be. You want to be riding the I danger. Be, I yeah. want to be riding it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just more fun. Definitely, man. Yeah. So, like, do you primarily just work on your own? Like, when you when you're writing and stuff, or is there any sort of like collaboration process? Yeah, um, I, I'm a bit stubborn. I should really, and more recently, I've been just kind of asking 
my friends just even kind of listen over stuff because because it'd be quite a lonely process sometimes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's important to kind of get people get people you trust involved in some way mm. towards the end of the the process of a song. Can you give me feedback on these lyrics or these shit, whatever? So there is that. But then in terms of like getting people involved, um, the biggest collaborator would have been Hayley Williams. Oh, Not yeah. Hayley Williams from Paramore. <laughs> Keep up, Though she's, she is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hayley, she's now, um, yeah, we did a, few, a good few tunes, like an, an EP I did uh, back in 2016. And that was the one that got kind of got played on Radio 1. Mm. And like Hugh Stevens spinned it a few times and actually it kind of went around a few few DJs played it and I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know? Because everyone was, because uh, t- I'm not on Twitter or I rarely check it. I'm just not oh, interested yeah. in Twitter. I just, I'm not a Twitter person. I just can't. Like, I've never gone into it. I don't no. check it. And um, all these DJs were like t- tagging me. Uh, now playing blah, 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 like Hugh Stevens and uh, I can't remember the other uh, um, woman. Um so they were like a message of me is like this track is sick blah 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 can you send it to someone can you send it to so and so and like I just put it on fresh in the net and then it just kind of got picked up right yeah. but that was a real collaboration between me and Haley because her voc her vocal in that is very like you know it's it's the thing that it, it, if I didn't have her it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have gotten the love because <laughs> she's she's amazing she's got a very very distinctive yeah very powerful kind her of voice like, is great man. you know but she's off doing a touring with the, like example at the moment smashing doing, it smashing it doing all the big big radio one pop uh, big vocal kind of thing right mm. man so she's smashing it crazy go on Haley. so you've um, you've done a little thing with Gogo Penguin is that mm. right do you tell me a little bit about that yeah um, it was oh this was yeah last was it two years ago man I was it's the covid I know, time haze the time. was this last year or was it two years ago yeah. I'm pretty sure it was last year um it was a remix album um but it was a kind of a they wanted to do a new type of remix album instead of just kind of releasing a single and getting a People few producers to just to bum, 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 bum. they wanted to make a conceptual um I suppose piece of art that would be kind of like listened to as a, a whole album. Oh, okay. um, right. And they got basically loads of really amazing electronic producers um, and composers almost to get involved. Um, and I was a part of it uh, very luckily. So they kind of asked, they didn't kind of ask, they asked, they got like Square Pusher was on it and Cornelius, mm. Machine Drum, um, James Holden and Nathan Fake. Uh, 808 State Graham Massey who's a Manchester uh, legend um, and it was yeah it was lovely it was really amazing to be a part of because you know, Square yeah. Pusher is one of my biggest idols so yeah. just having my name and beside him in a in a thing sorry I'm going off here that's okay man to shut up <laughs> did you let the cat out yes I did um <laughs> So it was, yeah, it was really lovely. And as it was lovely to be a part of a, a record, an LP, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you got the vinyl in the post. And oh, nice. Yeah, it was um, it was nice. Yeah, it was lovely to be asked to do it. And, in yeah. terms of like your process, in terms of like, so you're, you're handed that track to do your thing with, or in comparison to like doing something where it's your thing, it's bare bones, is the process... Similar in terms of like how you deconstruct it and put 
butts yeah. together. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah, it depends. It, like like anything, it's like how how do I feel on the day? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. what what's my mood on the day? Um, and then how can you or what what am I listening to at the time or um, kind of trying to think about it too much, mainly kind of going on on instincts. Um, but for that one. For the Gogo Penguin one, I really wanted to go to town on it. I was like, I'm just going to throw everything at this. Sure. Um, so it kind of it's kind of divided into two parts almost. And the first part has a kind of more of a string quartet uh, reharmonization mm. of the of the, the the harmony of the tune. Um. So I kind of wanted to put my stamp of the the, the tonal palette of I use, i.e., strings. Yes. And, you know, kind of start it with that, just really bare bones. And then it kind of slowly morphs and speeds up into a kind of a, a triplet, almost like a fast jig <laughs> kind of, you know. Um, and then it turns into kind of a bit of a banger, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, to kind of make it, I suppose, make it blend in with the electronic setting that, you know, because there's some bangers on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that that in terms of the go-go one, that was the approach for that. And then I suppose the difference in just writing solo, I suppose. Um, I suppose it's got singing on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the, I like being able to write instrumental as well as that. You know, it's mm. it's nice having the flexibility to be able to switch between. Sure. If I'm writing a tune, like Do you know what, I don't feel vocals should be on this because it's like I don't know, songs are kind of like. Every song is so unique. It's kind of they're kind of like children. Some of them are really stubborn, and some of them do exactly what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some songs are just like, nah, doesn't need vocals. Or if it, it will have something maybe more abstract, like a vocal sample. But um, yeah, I like that because I don't really, cons- I don't feel comfortable to call myself a singer at all. I sing because it's the only way to get the song out. Uh- but I don't like it. I, I kind of like it. I think you've got a great, great singing voice. Thank but, you. Um, I'm getting over it a bit. I'm getting, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm like a little uh, kid clutching his blanket. You know, mm. anyone is sing. So I just need to get over myself, to be honest. But <laughs> I do. I do enjoy it. It's good to sing. It's it's good for you. It's good for you. Fills your brain with oxygen. <sighs> Lots of breathing and yeah, you know, yeah. There is something very visceral about it. But um, but yeah, it's nice to be able to write something that's a song. Mm. And then also being asked to do get involved with remixes and still have it under the same alias without sure. going. Well, this is more electronic, so I need to you know have a different alias for remixing because you know just because you got asked to do a remix doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be like a club house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. also people we're in. I'll, I've done remixes before. Where I've just um, reorchestrated it as opposed to remixed it, do you know what I mean? Okay. I've just gotten the vocal and added strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just whatever. It's just kind of recontextualizing the tune, basically flipping it on its head. You sure. could look at the tune this way or you look could look at it that way. Cool. But yeah, I really like it. I love remixing. It sounds like, um, and that seems to be a common theme with people that, that you know, work on their own stuff. Like, how do you keep something that you've been working on for I don't know how long it takes you to piece something like how do you keep it fresh and mm. be able to like listen to it and be like and to also like to decide this is done yeah yeah because I think that's quite hard if it is very hard and honestly that's my downfall which I'm really kind of learning and having a word with myself um, because of some tunes that are like just 
been there sat in a hard drive for you know three years sure. kind of like come on and I mean it's like what you're saying about John Ellis when he was here he was like, you know, your first album's like, oh, it needs to be, uh, you know. And he's like, stop being precious, just yeah. get it out. I and like also, that that. no one gives a shit. Like, yeah. No one gives a shit no if your kick drum fuck, is slightly, oh, need the kick drum needs to be just, mwah, mwah, that <laughs> kick drum is, mwah, you know, no one gives a shit. Like, my granny is not listening to that kick drum. Like, no one listens to, to your music the way you do. Yeah. That, yeah you know, yeah. that type of listening where it's like, you know, giving yourself a hernia. It's like, oh, come on. And I, I had a word at myself. I was like, you're just take yourself so fucking seriously that you can't finish any of this music because sure. you are afraid of failure. Yeah, and yeah. And it's like, I, I was like, I know this. I know this in myself. So I had, I've given myself a bit of a slap on the wrist and um, a lot of these songs, some of the tunes I did there, they've just been cooking for ages. You know, I just need to, I'm going to be spending this month and next month just finalising them and, getting them out the door um, so in terms of keeping it fresh the first thing just like taking a break out of it taking a break from it giving yourself an ear break mm. um, and then just injecting a bit of life into them so I had um, a wonderful artist called Sanya um, who's an Austrian singer-songwriter okay. I got her into the studio and I just said can you just add some vocals over on top of my voice for some choruses just to get again just inject a bit of difference a bit, a bit of freshness a bit of freshness Give it a bit of zest, a bit of some lime, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to brighten it up. And then I re-recorded some drums. Um, my mate Rob Turner, um, he's going to be doing some drums, or he's he's already done some drums again, just to give it another lift, another human in the room, yeah, shaking sound, making different vibration, um, but not vibration and vibration, man, but like vibration <laughs> and a literally give it give it another uh, life, yeah. Um, yeah. Not that I'm against vibration, man. You know what I mean? I'm into that stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, add, add some more ingredients to it and just take stuff out. Mm. Don't be afraid to delete stuff. Yeah. Just, tr like, let's scrap that. Let's try again. Let's try this, you know. Be brutal. Um, kill your babies, as they say. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, uh, sorry to be like, if I'm going a bit jargony here, but if you're working no, like fine. in a DAW, like Logic, it's good just to bounce stuff, you know, bounce. Like uh, a whole track. Like a whole track, or I'm going to just group all the drums together. I'm going to group all the all the vocals and just set up a new session. So even just your environment's slightly different. So you're not like tweaking the same part over and over again. Sure, yeah, Committing yeah. to sounds, committing to like um, effects processing or whatever. And you'll find you'll never want to go back to the previous session. You'll just keep working with... Interesting. By just keep bouncing it down, you know? Yeah, yeah. Almost like what you do with tape when you render like all the drums to one track on one tape. Thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? And that's that then. And you commit. So having a bit of that mentality to a digital environment mm. is quite important because, yeah, you start listening differently. You start hearing differently, I think. If you have... If, you're, if your session has just like hundreds of tracks, some of them aren't labelled and it's a bit like a messy room. Yeah. And it's like, where's that thing? I can't remember where I left it. And you're, you're wasting energy and inspiration on mundane stuff. Yeah, So just yeah. things like clean up the shit, bounce it, start again. And, you know, and then that, just doing stuff like that has really kind of given my you know, tracks that have been that have been sitting there for three years, just to give them a bit of life okay. or just a bit of fresh perspective. I mm. think it's perspective, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
Interesting. That's mm. like that's not one that I've heard before in terms mm. of like just the visual element of like looking at it. It needs to be tidy. Yeah. And, well, yeah. it's as well as that. I I keep forgetting. You know, at the end of a session, just like bounce the track, bounce by the way, because uh, I keep forgetting that not everyone knows bounce. Bounce would be to render the track so you can put it on Dropbox, or whatever. You know, just do a rough mix yeah. and just listen it into the car. And it's like, that's how you should be listening to it, not looking at a fucking screen. Yeah. Because that's when you are listening. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing. I know it's really simple and this is the thing you should always do. But I think when I, I'd open up the session and go, oh God, this again. It's like, but why don't I just listen to it in a different environment? You know, yeah, put on yeah. your headphones and take a walk and then write notes about what needs to be changed as opposed to looking, again, the analogy of just looking at a fucking kick drum. Because yeah. you're just you're you're, it's almost like you're following you're look, it, aren't you? You're following yeah. that, or if you're looking at an EQ curve, you're listening. Your ears are listening to a kick, and you're not listening to the the entirety of what the the essence of the song is. Sure, yeah. So yeah. getting away from the the software, just turn you know turn your back to the the screen. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Just actually listen what's going on. But again, there's all these things that I'm, I need to remind myself all the time. Yeah, we all you fall know. in the, these, these pits, man. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think we should listen to some of said music. Oh, don't cheeky. you? I think that would be yeah. That that'd be quite eventful. Yeah, it would happen, and things would music would happen. Yeah, and music everyone, will definitely happen. We will rejoice afterwards. Yeah, let's shake the room and get the police down for noise complaining. Complaints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, we do have a huge uh, PA system yeah, set up in this yeah, room, yeah. so yeah, we can really shake things the down. The custom kicking back subwoofer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Mm. Well, do you want to shuffle on over and, and, and get ready? Yeah. And cool. I, I will uh, I'll speak to our audience. Beautiful. Prepare them for what's yeah. about to happen. Prepare them for the onslaught that will be. Indeed, indeed. Okay. I shall see you in a second, Alan. So, of course, our guest today is Shunya. He's going to be playing some of his music for us now. You should go and check out his stuff online. I was having a rifle through on Spotify before. Sounded fucking awesome. If you're new to this episode and you've never watched us before, we put on a different artist every week. We do a live session with them. We have a chat with them in the podcast. Um, it's a great resource for listening to all the new music that's going on in Manchester. So if you are listening on the audio podcast, follow us on there. If you're watching on YouTube, follow us on YouTube. Um, we're trying to keep it going, you know, keeping things fresh around here. Um, without further ado, though, I will give you our guest today, Shunya. Enjoy the music. Hello, um, everyone. World, world. Hello, the World Wide Web. I am Shunya. Um, from Limerick, Ireland, um, and I'm going to play two tunes and warble a little bit. Um, haven't done any warm-ups, so be gentle on me, but such is life. Here we go.
Um, that tune was called Tat Da. It's a word I made up. Beat the algorithm. Make up your own words. <laughs> um, this next tune is called Out of a Cold. And it goes with something little like this. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
that's that. It went to something a little bit like that, kids. Um, on all the ats, uh, it's a shun at Shunya Music on Instagram, uh, Shunya Music on Facebook, Shunya Music on no Shunya Sound on Bandcamp, Shunya Sound on Twitter, and if to be honest, if you just go to www.shunyamusic.com, it'll link you to all these great places from there. So go ahead and click that website, and it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. I just know it. Thank you, thank you. Doing a lovely thing here. Hello and welcome back to episode 51 of the Kicking Back Podcast. You have just watched a delightful live session from our guest today, Shunya. Whoa, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. It was intense. Yeah. It was intense. It was hot. It was real hot, man. It was really hot. Uh, No, I thoroughly enjoyed it, my friend. It was uh, ballsy, Mm. to say the least. Mm. I didn't think it would be, because obviously I listened to your tracks. On Spotify and what have you, and mm-hmm. that, you know, it's 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 quite wild some of it. Yeah. But then seeing it performed is kind of is a whole other layer of chaos. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I great enjoyed. <laughs> I love the chaos. So tell us. So you play two tracks. Mm. Tell me about the tracks, what they were, all that sort of thing. Uh, the first track, um, it was basically a jam that I had um, when playing live. When I did a tour with Henge, the the wonderful Mank Aliens, um, <laughs> that was back in 2018. We did an Irish tour and a UK tour, and um, um, I don't do I didn't do it as much for this tour um, that I'm currently on. But sometimes I just improvise with a loop pedal, okay. um, with violin or whatever, mm. and I basically came up with that riff. And then I based I, I kind of while I was on the tour, I just kept adding to it. And okay. then by the end of the the tour, it was like a fully fledged tune, so it was quite cool. It was one of those things where it was like a process that like kind of started from a very very simple seed, mm. and I just kept adding to it. But it was like whilst gigging, basically. Oh sweet! It happened. It, it, I wrote it on the stage, basically. Mm. It was really cool. Um, and then I went back home and and fleshed it out properly. Sure. So it's essentially it was just kind of like a jam. There's no lyrics, so I'm kind of going. Just couldn't get any lyrics for life. And I was like, well, I'll just mouth it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I love, um, do you know Tigran Hamasian? A bear shape at a boat. Who? Tigran Hamasian, the, the, pian- the pianist. How do we spell that? Oh, uh, T-I-G-R-A-N. Tigran. Tigran. Hamasian. H-A-M. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to get this right. It could be A-S-Y-A-N. I could be very wrong there. He's, okay. Ar- he's Armenian. And it, okay, and what, what's, what does Tigran do? He's an outrageous pianist, jazz classical pianist, but right. he he sings, but he doesn't do any lyrics. He just goes, he just goes, lo, lo, lo's and yeah, yeah, yeah's and yeah, yeah, yeah's. And he just he just plays with the, he just doubles the melody with his right hand, you know, with his voice and the melody. He just like, he just sings along with the piano. Sure. I was like, oh yeah, why can't I just do that with the violin? Just, just sing the melody, just go blah. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, lyrics aren't. I, I don't write lyrics a lot, so I thought, but I do like singing. So if I could just mouth some nonsense, I have a lot of songs that are mouthed nonsense. Mm. Um, they're just kind of random association uh, lyric writing, where I just pick random words that sound funny and then just <laughs> string them together. 
a bit like the David Byrne talking heads Tom yeah, York yeah. kind of thing. I got a bit of a like George Benson kind of vibe. There not, was at one not, point, not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like not the cheesy George Benson yeah, yeah, side, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, he's he's like. Have you ever and watched that, any of them? Like, there's like his YouTube like guitar lesson things. Mm. If you haven't, they're fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Because he does. Because basically, they're like trying to get him to explain. Yeah. H- how he does what he does, and obviously he's just he's not thinking about it. He's, he's just yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's just I don't know. You got to watch it, man. Yeah. He's I've, a I've, character. I've he, seen I've seen it briefly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So I was getting a bit of that, a little bit. Well, I think when especially when soloing. Um, um, it's like my mate Abel Salautre, who I play um, quite. Do you know Abel, the cellist? Yes, I do. He's fucking so. Talented. He's great. Yeah, he's amazing. So we have a band together called Chesava. Oh, okay, um, right. yeah. Um, so I'm very busy with him, basically for all of 2022, doing his solo stuff and then Chesava stuff. We've got collaborations with orchestras and stuff like that. Nice. Up. Um, so that's another side. That's bass playing. That's you know a lot of bass. Cool. Um, but he always says, you know, th- this cello is just a thing that I put my voice inside. You know, whether it's Bach or Jimi Hendrix, it's the same shit. Yeah, yeah. And he's dead right. It's like, you know, um, an instrument is, you have the melody in your head and you sing it and then you go to your instrument to try get that thing it out, out yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like if I'm soloing and if I'm not singing along, then the solo just seems like dribble. Because it, it's not there's no there's nothing lyrical or there's no phrasing to it, so uh, I just I always look like I'm making hilarious jizz faces, like a lot of people are when they're soloing. <laughs> but it's like it has there has to be that way. If I'm soloing, yeah. it's like it has to be a you know a tangible. Like breathing, you know. So that has to be directly injected into the instrument because it because other because i have a weird thing with solo and i just like oh, this is just nonsense this is just wank it's it's just <laughs> nothing it, it doesn't seem significant but then the minute you sing along and actually kind of put your voice into the instrument then it starts making sense for me mm. anyway yeah it's like the, the natural melody is natural it? melody exactly. yeah, yeah and also i find i do less wanky stuff i.e blah, 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 because I'm not going to go blah, 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 <laughs> in real life, am I? You know. Well, you might do. Well, I might you know, do, yeah. Occasionally, yeah. here and there. <laughs> and so the uh, the second track, mm. what was what was that? Um, that started off as a um, I uh, for a moment I did these things called Shunya sketches, where um, with my like MIDI interface thing that I built. Um, what I say I built? It's an Ableton Live rig, basically with lots of different controllers that are doing specific things um i just basically set up uh, a shitty camera in my old house and then just improvised and then put it on youtube and tried to edit it and do everything in an hour kind of thing so tried to write music in real time basically oh cool and i did this jam and it was like oh right that's actually got a lot of legs and it's mm. the thing about like creativity about like creativity like speed it doesn't like Mm, what about the middle eight? Should it be? It just get it out as fast as possible, yeah. and then edit it later. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of experiment. I'd like to get back into that actually about more improvising and just slap it on YouTube. I just need to have 
have a look at how it looks because it looked quite shit um <laughs> which is a big thing at the moment you know yourself yes. you know you guys your podcast looks mate even you know your little handles on youtube was like oh that's slick <laughs> i can see that your man's jawline you're like Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah great piece of kit that camera beautiful piece of kit 4k <laughs> um but anyway i digress it came out of a jam basically okay yeah. another jam um, with bass and vocals and then the lyrics are quite personal I won't get into them too much because uh, it was about my brother and his trip that he went to he went to Peru to do right. ayahuasca and a thing happened to him but I won't get into it but it's, it was just it was just a very bizarre thing that you know he's, he was he was perfectly fine and stuff okay, right. but a very very significant thing happened to him there and the lyrics are about that basically um and so yeah, so actually that is one of one of those tunes where the lyrics I do actually quite enjoy singing them because mm. it, oh these actually do mean something. So I do like lyric writing, something I will definitely delve into more. Um, and then it kind of goes tits because the tune is all about something quite uh, spiritual and you know and describing the ayahuasca trip and the kind of floaty melancholic nature, and then it just descends into absolute chaos and carnage yeah, at the end, yeah. um, which is meant to resemble what happened to him in the trip. Um, in Peru, that's why it gets horrible <laughs> and anxiety filled. But I love doing that bit. I love doing that live because sure. through a because again, I think that's kind of a lot of the sound system thing coming yeah, through yeah. there, and you know, putting the violin through a lot of processing and playing it kind of like almost like a a gamelan set almost. Mm. Um, it's very fun. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> But I enjoyed it, Mum. I enjoyed it. Mm. So I was gonna I was rifling through your Instagram before. There's some hilarious, uh very sarky uh comments and stuff that you put on there which I, I enjoyed. Particularly the, the Alan the supposed Alan Watts quote that Oh yeah, big boy Alan. Yeah. Yeah, it's Alan thing. Are you are you in, in sort of like a Alan Wattsy philosophical kind of vibes? Absolutely love him. That's where Shunya comes from. Oh right, okay. Was not it? from him. He didn't obviously. It's Sanskrit Shunya or like Shunyata and different like dialects. Um, there's lots of different ways you can say it, but um, it's Sanskrit for nothingness. Oh. So it's like this whole thing of like in order to, you know, get into a deep. It's like the concept of nothing, which is also, as you know, pretty hard for a human to, you know, fathom no, absolutely no thing. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? um, so it was based on that because he kind of goes and, and chats about that and how it's influenced to flow states, uh, deep, deep flow states. Yes. Getting out of your own way. Mm. And at the time... Um, mommy and daddy will be watching this but I don't care at the time I was experimenting with lots of psychedelics when I was like 19 18 sorry 19 20 and um, but like not I wasn't taking psychedelics in a party way it was like taking really quite high doses and then just listening to music and kind of evaporating sure. and experiencing ego death and all that mm. so it was just a time of my life it was like it's like he said that my mate was like oh check this the whole concept of shunya or whatever and i was like yeah i want that that's that's a great great name <laughs> or i just like the sound of it as well yeah yeah um maybe n nowadays uh with my relationship to the name i'm not sure if i'd still have it but it's one of those things it's it's there now maybe because of i'm not sure if it's anything got to do with cultural appropriation but i'm mm. not in any way 
you know what I mean? I'm an Irish lad, you know, <laughs> I've no, I've no uh, link to that part of the world sure. and, or like, you know, any of that type of, I don't know, the, re- the religious aspect of it. So I'm not sure if I'm appropriating or not. I don't uh, know. Yeah. It's a weird one. It's a yeah. weird one. Yeah. It's just, it's that thing is it just nicking something and going, yeah, I'm going to take this. But it's, um, yeah, it's there, uh, you know, it's yeah. fine. Would you say, like, you know, when you're uh, doing your, like, your revising, like, within the context, blah, blah, within the context of your tunes and stuff, do you think, because I think, like, uh, like when I think of all the most enjoyable musical experiences and stuff that I've had and, like, the purest kind of, mm. you know, like, you're in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, good stuff. It's, it's, it is, like, flow state, really, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. And just kind of, do you do anything or, like... Is there any processes that you do to sort of put yourself in that headspace a little bit? Um, no, nothing. It's it's weird. It's like the David Lynch thing. It's like you just just but going fishing, and sometimes you get a bite, sometimes you don't. Yeah, and sometimes you really land on it and you're flying. Mm. Flow states. It's a weird one. <laughs> uh, either very good, decent sleep or no sleep. I find. <laughs> oh right, okay. Interesting. Honest to God, I don't know why. Um, I can't tell you the amount of times I've done festivals, and you know, you're sleeping intense, and you're getting like two hours sleep, yeah. and the quality of sleep is awful, mm. and you wake up, but you're still quite like, oh, uh, quite dreamy. Mm. And I've done gigs where holy crap, the flow has just been like, and like the crack with the audience, everything is coming in, and there's no, there's no Alan judging. You shouldn't be saying that. Blah, 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 blah. You should yeah. be, you know, zero of that. Mm. And then I think maybe you do a gig and you've had a long day and maybe you've had an argument with your other half and you're late and you're stuck in traffic and you go blah, 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 and you're cursing an F and you get up and you sound check. Sound check is stressful. Maybe your violin doesn't work. It's out of tune. A lead is broken, blah, blah, blah. You get on stage and you're completely out of whack, out of flow. Mm. Um, because all of the things that have happened during the day, it's just kind of bit by bit, there's just been a, a few naggy things here and there, you know, a few, you know, scruffs and scrapes. So by the time you get on stage, it's harder to get to that point. Sure. Um, And then going back to lots of sleep, I find if I've had a really, really decent sleep and very well rested, and the first thing I do is I go go towards my instrument or go towards my setup and I'll improvise with, you know, eyes closed. And I haven't had any breakfast or not even a coffee or whatever, that's also a very, very good flow because you're still kind of getting the benefits of like late night, yeah. Uh, like no one's up, you know, flow. Uh, but then you're with the with the benefits of having a very clear head from being really well rested. Mm. So I'd recommend that for people. Like first thing you do in the morning, just go straight and write something, even for an hour, and just see what comes out. You know, because you're again, your brain hasn't fully woken up into I need to do admin. Do I need to get let out the cat again. I need to buy milk. I need to. So you're you're kind of reaping the benefits of a clear head, hmm. um, and yeah, and and usually a kind of a good flow state, you know. It's interesting. I find, yeah. yeah, they are. I definitely think they're like so entwined. Um, even like with me, so like I do that meditation stuff. Like even just helps for like doing this, like amazing, yeah. Uh, podcasts and stuff is like just getting out of my head and actually genuinely just a hundred percent listening to someone. Being at your optimum. Yeah. Mm. I, like, I, I get so much more out of people 
it kind of feels like I'm manipulating people in a really subtle yeah, way yeah, yeah. by you just being completely start a cult <laughs> <laughs> but just like being like I don't know there's a weird thing like just being there present being present and there's there is a like a, a it gets reflected back at you and you get a lot more out of it it's, it's definitely weird voodoo shit that's going on but definitely it works man absolutely yeah especially with the with the creative process like Again, talking about speed, like creativity, liking speed, you know, the only way you get valuable ideas is if you step out of your own way. Yes. There just can't be any doubt. If there's a slither of doubt, you're out of it. Mm. So that's why I think short bursts of writing or whatever it is, um, if you can get into a flow state, that's the one. Don't beat yourself up if you're not doing four hours of writing or whatever. Even if you do an hour of flow writing, that's way better than a four hours of dicking about yeah. and scratching your arse and going oh, I don't know I don't know and beating yourself up whatever um, yeah this my, it's, that's been my quote for the year get out of your own way yeah you know, it's, it's the true, one really it's, it's true it's the only way um, yeah it's the only way ideas happen sure it really is um, and then you edit and then you put on your your adult pants and you <laughs> right let's sift through this and what's, what's, what's shit and what's good yeah, you know what's yeah. worth keeping but um Definitely, the those two states of mind, they 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 can't coexist with each other. They need to be separate. Yeah, I got that. So, man. I agree, a hundred percent. Absolutely. So back in November, you uh, took a little trip to the Ivory Coast. Mm-hmm. Now my geography is awful. Whereabouts is the Ivory Coast? In fact, James, pull up the yeah. Ivory Coast on the map. Hey, James, can you pull up? Two crocodiles eating an ice cream on YouTube. <laughs> this shit's whack. Check this out, Jamie. But <laughs> so yeah, what, what were you doing out there, man? What how come you were going out there? So Ivory Coast, uh, just to uh, touch on it, it's in West Africa. It's uh, oh, beside it Ghana, just uh, Burkina Faso's um, above it. Have we got it on there somewhere? Yeah. There it is. Quit, quit the Ivory. I said that incredibly uh, offensively. I'm very sorry for anyone who's <laughs> French there. It's a French French speaking um country. Okay. Um so I was a bit lost at <laughs> times. Uh just uh, my I don't have any French, I have a tiny bit of Spanish. Awful Spanish. But um so there was lots of nodding and like wait, wait, wait. Oh wait, 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 wait. Um yeah, French, but also uh, Bambara. Bambara is the 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 main dialect as well. Okay. Um, so I was there working on an album uh, with my good mate Siddiqui Dembele, and okay. Siddiqui Dembele is from the Ivory Coast. Um, we were in Abidjan, which is the capital, um, and he owns land out there. Um, and he lives in Manchester. He lives in just down the road here. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what kind of stuff is, is, is this? He's a, it's West African, I suppose traditional West African stuff, but with the with the twist, because it's, it's Siddiqui stuff, it's his compositions, but he's a, so uh, this band I mentioned earlier, Chesaba, that's yeah. Siddiqui's involved in that. So it's uh, me okay. on bass, Siddiqui on uh, djembe, like West African percussion. Um, he sings and he also plays a beautiful instrument called the Ngoni, which is a bit like a kora but slightly oh. lower and pentatonic. So it, it has 14 strings instead of the core, which is 21 strings. So he he juggles all those instruments. And then we've got Abel, um, you know, leading, not leading it, but we kind of all lead it in some ways. Uh, he plays cello and sings. 
Um, so from that, he was like, oh, I want you to produce my solo album because he had loads of songs that he wrote, basically. And he's playing pretty much all the instruments himself. And okay. then I play bass and I'll, I'll be mixing it as well. And um, I basically went out there to record his family, um, rec- do some bit more recording with him. He, uh, His brother... Uh, built a studio in the in the the complex that he has. Oh right. So there's like a you know a room within a room, you know, all slowly soundproofed and stuff. So I brought over all of my equipment <laughs> and one cable broke and it rendered the whole thing useless. No! Fucking horrible. Oh, oh man. man my heart. Oh. It was such a bu- like I brought mic stands. Yeah. I brought like you know you have cables that add up in weight. Yeah, yeah. I brought everything. I brought my studio. Anyway, another story. Um we made do um, yeah, I was recording his father. His father's a griot, and a griot is like, um, I suppose, like a like a like a musician and like a storyteller, basically. Yeah, and yeah. he plays a thing called uh, uh, the ngoni, the jali ngoni, which is a bit almost like a, a precursor to the guitar. It's almost like the original guitar. Oh. It's a bit like a banjo. Can we pull? How do you spell that? Let's pull it up. Yeah, right. jali ngoni, J A L I ngoni, N G O N I, jali ngoni. I bought one as well. They're really cool. Do you know the Gwimbri, the Moroccan Gwimbri? It's like, you'd know to hear it. It's a bit of a kind of a a precursor to that also, except there it is. Yeah. That thing there. Ah, okay. Is it, what, four strings? strings It's four strings, two strings that you finger and then uh, two resonant strings for like open. Oh, cool. But it's groovy as hell. It's funky. Um, it It sounds great, especially when you have some playing it like properly like his dad when he, he just played for us and it was like whoa so uh, I was recording him sure there's no there's no um properly recorded stuff with his dad and he's like a really really um well respected West African musician so I said it to him I was like uh, we have to come back and I'm just going to do an album of your dad's songs mm. um because yeah it, it, like even if it doesn't get released I think even just Archive, archiving yeah. this stuff you know yeah, it's, it's yeah. important because these are old old songs like they go back hundreds of years right and yeah they're just groovy as hell it's the original blues really okay. it, it actually it, it 100% is this is where blues originates and I think we we, we owe so much to West African music mm. in terms of how it's influenced I think the, the yeah it's just the precursor of of, of pop jazz all you know the Cuban stuff. Yeah. It all comes from West Africa during you know during that that time of slavery. They brought over all these instruments. It's just it's mammoth. There's just so much of it. Is know? it is it like is that is this an area that you've like worked in before? Or is this like quite a new just, experience? It, it's and, like know? I'd never have thought I would have you know have kind of gotten involved. Uh, I played lots of music out there as well. I played a lot of weddings. Um, I I managed. We we got a bass and we fixed it up and I. Um, did these did, did did loads of gigs out there and it was amazing but it was it, like they play for hours like eight ten hours minimum what yeah it was like straight through like my hands were falling apart and you know the drummers they're they don't they don't take a break especially some of the lead djembe players sure. they were they were sat there and they didn't get up for a piss or water like eight to ten hours it was like <sighs> Whoa, the ciggies hanging out their gob, you know. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's like it, 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 I think it was just that baptism of fire. If you really want to understand, understand what a, what the, the musical genre, like what, how, 
how it sounds and how it feels mm. like even just the sound of the djembe slapping off the walls and you know it's that oh this is the real deal this is what it is yeah. it's like the, the age old thing if you want to study percussion if percussionists have this loads they go to the country you know um, you go to Cuba if you want to study congas you know you go mm. to a master and um, it's no different it was just a real uh, it was really wonderful life changing experience but not life changing like oh my god I'm just so like different and I'm just so oh my god oh my god I've like been to India and it's blah 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 it was just like oh wow this is how you know music um, how music is integrated into how people live sure. you know what I mean and how the two are intertwined you know because mm. um, I kind of find that like you know even going back to like Irish traditional music I think the sing-songy nature of Irish if you if you hear to hear it spoke, it kind of sounds like traditional. It's very kind of like and it's like oh, but you're you're just emulating, you know, a lot of the stuff you hear, like the, the jigs and the tunes. It sounds like people talking, right? You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, and I just yeah. think, yeah, it's that area of kind of like oh, I get it, I get it now. And you're kind of when you when you get literally in the heart of what a music style is when you hear everyone how they live their life and how they interact with each other and how that um yeah how that um couples with the with the style if that makes sense yeah I'm making sense yeah 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 um so no previously i i'm just mates with Siddiqui because i play with him and right. then i just i had to i, I learned west african stuff actually no I, I say that john haycock uh you've had Yes, we, yes, we have a John on. Yeah, I, yeah. I first started playing Cora tunes with him on right. cello, and we busked around Europe. We did a small little album, a cello and Cora duet album. Ah. And I played a lot with his master or his teacher, Jelly. I've heard a lot about this this chap. Yeah, yeah. so Jelly, who Jelly Piccadilly, they call him because he's always in Piccadilly. <laughs> yeah, he's busking, yeah. and I would just sit in with him and and play with him in in Piccadilly and stuff like that. So no, there definitely was. Um, a big love for a lot of the Cora stuff, mm. um, the Cora music, which I think is just unbelievably beautiful. It's yeah. I, I I call it micro and macro music, it's, you know. So you can you can have it on in the background this Cora stuff, yeah. you know, and it's just oh you can study to it or you can do the dishes whatever, and it's just in the background or you can really zoom in and listen to it, and it's like so complex and like virtuosic, and it's got mm. you know. I think it's quite cool in that sense. Um, so, so yeah, I was out there working on his album. Is that uh, enjoying it? <laughs> is it going to be when? When's that looking to be? And um, we've got out, a few more tracks to finish, um, and I think it's up to him basically. What okay. he wants to do. I'm not sure if he's going to do it with the label. I think he might do a self release. But sure. um, uh, Siddiqui has got a very big following as a as a djembe player anyway. Right. Kind of all over the place. I mean, we did a gig in Cape Cod, which is like just outside of Boston. We were playing with the Cape Cod Symphony Orchestra. Oh. And like there was like two of his fans. Siddiqui! Uh, I was like, fucking hell, man, you've got mates. Everywhere we go in the world, he's right, got yeah, he's yeah. got his fans waiting outside for him. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he'd, be, he'd be up there at one of the best, it wouldn't be wrong to say this, he's one of the best djembe players in the world. Oh. Without a doubt. Fuck. World renowned. Okay. Yeah. He's really serious. 
could we get him on the podcast? Do you, think? you should. You absolutely should. I'm well up for like yeah, going, yeah. branching out and just like, you know what I mean? Just, He'd I be great to get on. He's a really interesting dude as well. Okay. You know, um, you know, he owns, he, uh, you know, as well as in Ivory Coast, he owns a dance school as well. Oh, okay. You know, he's just done, he does loads for his community and, you know, he's a real, yeah, interesting dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain about that mm. after this. Definitely, definitely. Have you got uh, any stuff that you're going to be releasing anytime? Are you recording stuff at the moment? Um, like like mentioned previously about like finishing stuff. Yeah, I'm just give myself <laughs> a big slap on the wrist. You know, turning thirty and then going into the new year, and then getting this new space has been quite um, pivotal. Is that the word? Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to say any dates yet, sure. but there's loads of stuff there and there there are videos accompanying and stuff like that it's it's all just um yeah gathering all the all the bits okay i'm gonna say later this year let's say um Ooh. winter 2022 okay. baby that's gonna be the big one yeah just you wait honey amazing um, um you know what we're gonna wrap this sucker up here because mm. Do it. It's been delightful. Yeah, because you're bored. I'm not let's, bored. Let's wrap this up because, uh, yeah, I just realised I need to do a poo. So. <laughs> <laughs> In so many words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Metaphorical one. One more time for the people at home in this camera here. Tell them where they can find your stuff on um, www.gov.co.uk. <laughs> Enter the portal and you shall find me there. <laughs> Enter the government portal. No, uh, you can find me on uh, the easiest way is go to shunyamusic.com and then from there you've got all the links. But if it's Instagram, it's shunyamusic. Facebook, shunyamusic. Twitter, I'm never on it. Shunya Sound. You'll you'll see a, a tweet I did in 2014 going, <laughs> I'm hungry or something <laughs> mundane like that. That's, that's the most you're going to get from wow. me from Twitter. Okay. I'm not angry. That's why I'm not on Twitter, you see. I'm not yeah, angry. <laughs> angry people are on Twitter. It's so true, man. I do have one more question sure, before yeah. we wrap this sucker up. Mm. If you could sum this podcast up in three words, mm -hmm. what would it be? Um, northern. Northern. Hug. Hug. Brew. Nice. Northern hug, brew. Mm, I was going to either hug or warm. Yeah, yeah. But it's got, you got a warm warm vibe I think it's you've well done with the colours I'd say I'm not I'm really bad with branding and colours it's like I, I just don't care about it sure you know, everyone's like with, with my own stuff so you need to, you need a brand you need a boom boom branding <laughs> branding what is it what is it I'm like ah I like red I like the colour red do you like red I like red <laughs> it's just red but no the um your choice of colours is good because when I think about this podcast, I immediately get the tone okay. based on your color choice. That if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, oh, thanks, bro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that uh, and it, that um, it kind of reminds me of yeah, warm, warm. Yeah, that's. I think we were going like the vibe. I I would say is like your grandma's house in like nineteen seventy mm. kind of. You know. Go on, love. Come and have a brew. Yeah. You, uh, but got pet on. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a sympathetic northern accent. <laughs> you should just do some more ASMR stuff for your slowly drinking. 
there's more tea. Tea into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Five hours of ASMR, Bradley. <laughs> it's a huge cup to drink out yeah, of yeah, yeah. constantly. Five litres. Yeah. Earl Grey. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. No, thank you very it much really for having has. me. And like I said, it's a beautiful thing you're doing. Thank so you, man. Keep at it, man. It's great. I, I look forward to hearing your new stuff. In the winter of yeah. 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snuggle, hunker down. Yes. Uh, Shunya is back in town. Excellent stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> no, thanks very much again, bro. And I'm sure we'll see mm. each other at Absolutely. some point again. Uh, thank you all for watching at home. I hope you enjoyed it. Go and follow Shunya's music on all platforms and mm. give him the love and support that he wants and needs. Um, three. Three likes. Give me three likes. Oh, sorry. James just like just said three, and I was like, "What?" I've actually that? got two fans, not three. Thanks very much. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed Shunny's music. Go and follow it online. Follow us. Uh, we're putting out a different artist every week. Um, that's all I've got to say. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you again very soon. That's all. Goodbye. Bye.